0: Hello America, and welcome back to another episode of The Hear Me Tell It, The Life and Times of Jerry Daniels, when you've had your daily dose of today's craziness dealing with all them Karens out there, right shotgun with old JD as he goes back and recounts the life and times of growing up in the South during the 60s and 70s, I believe we were called baby boomers, the stories that you will say, yep, I've done that, but I ain't gonna tell my kids I ain't never told my spouse, but whatever the truth be, it will be this, to hear me tell it. Well, hello folks, welcome to another episode of To Hear Me Tell It, at least my version of it. Hey, uh, I just want to start with saying I appreciate everybody listening to my podcast. Uh, I do ask that y'all please share it as much as possible, listen to them to their entirety, just don't hear like the first five minutes and then cut it off because it don't make me look good anyway so but please share it with a lot of folks if you would but i enjoy doing them and i just want to say thank y'all hey t- today's episode i haven't titled it yet and i've not told you all this or shared it with you i don't title these until after i'm done and i'm forced to sit down and give it a name i don't even, i don't even think about it i think about it it's it's clearly an afterthought and i'm i've already recorded everything and then i thought oh i gotta give it a name but today i'm just going to share uh uh, a, a story, if you will, and it's really a, a accumulation of two stories. But um, you know, I was I was the child probably a lot of parents warned other parents about. And I and I look back now in retrospect, boy, and I sure do not regret because it made me who I am. But I I sure do. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll just say that I'm sorry to mom and daddy from all the stuff I did. I I did a lot of stuff that caused them a lot of unnecessary heartburn, but. Hell, they was learning his parents, and I was learning how to be uh, Jerry Daniels. So uh, all I can say, it was a, uh, it was part of the road. But there was a time, there was a time, where uh, I don't, I don't know, but I, th- I thought it was uh, funny to play a joke. And and you've listened to a few of my stor- stories. You heard me about that time I put a bunch of baking soda in Mama's coffee one time at the Butler Red and White. I thought that would go well, and it didn't go well. And then uh, I I whistled at a good looking woman behind my daddy and tried to make it look like it was him that whistled at her. Well, that di- that didn't go well. But anyway, there was there was a that was a time we lived in brief in a brief period of the of our of our family history, we lived in McRae Georgia, McRae Georgia for a brief period of time. And Daddy, I don't know till this day. I guess if anybody's listening, maybe they know. I don't know, but there was a time where we owned or. Or we rented or leased. I don't know the financial dealings, but I'll just say we owned. But we owned a place called the Cook (laughs) Superette in in McRae, Georgia. Can't tell you where it was in McRae, but I can tell you there was a paint store uh, next door, and there was an oil company on the other side. And anyway, so but we lived in McRae, Georgia, and we lived in a a little house in a neighborhood, and it was a quaint little neighborhood. I remember that, and there were some families that lived close to us, the Hartleys. Live close to us, and the Murdochs, That's my, them. The only two families I know, the Murdochs and the Hartleys. And uh, there's another stories about growing up there in that neighborhood. <clears throat> but I, uh, I took to Liberty one day because my sister had a couple of girlfriends over. Now you got to figure, OJD, oh, JD, I'm probably about the, the the first or second grade, something like that. <clears throat> maybe it was, a, maybe it was the first grade. But my sister had some, her friends, and Robin's two years older than me, so she had a couple of her friends over, and they were all, we down there in this little den. And I don't know why, but the den in this house was, it set lower than the rest of the foundation. And, 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 and this house was infested with earwigs. I remember that. And, and it had one, I think one, no, it had two window units in the whole damn house. One was in mom and daddy's bedroom, of course, and the other one was in the den. And that was the only two air conditioners in the house. And they had them old cheap windows that had like zero insulation value in it. And they was, they was those little windows that had like little four-inch uh, louver panes. And you crank the damn knob and the windows opened up and, and whatnot. And it, it, it was they were utterly useless other than keeping skeeters out, I guess. They had no screens or nothing. But uh, the, the house had a lot of earwigs in it, man, and 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 if you step on an earwig, they stink and all that mess. But it was all I remember. You know, again, we're talking. I was I was in the, I was probably six years old. There was a buttload of earwigs in the house. I remember that. But my sister had these uh, the, these girls over, and they was playing. We was playing down there in that den, and and back then we had a we had a sofa, a couch. I don't know if there's a fundamental difference between a sofa and the couch. There probably is, and I just don't know it but I can just say that we had a sofa that had two cushions and not three. So the two cushions was long, it was long cushions. And we had a piano back then. Uh, not sure what that was about either because none of us played the damn piano. But we had a piano back then <clears throat> and above the piano was a little cut in the in the upper part of the wall. And because the, the, the elevation was different, you could look up and do that little open area above the piano and you could see somebody if they were standing in the kitchen. If they was looking down anyway. Anyway, Mama was up there in the kitchen, and me, Robin, and her two friends were down there, and you know, kids being kids. But somehow, or another the, the the idea or the game turned into uh, let's lay a kit, let's lay one of them sofas cushions. Let's lay one of them on the on the the stool of the piano, and they did. And then they somehow coached me into laying on that that cushion. And then they put another cushion on top and all three of the girls sat on it to make a sandwich out of Jerry. And it was funny at first, but then they got to bouncing on it and they was all three sitting on it and, and juking up and down with their butts and, and whatnot. And I was a screaming and a holler and a mama was hollering stop. And <clears throat> anyway, they didn't stop and they kept it up and they kept it up and, and, Still, whatever reason, mama didn't come down there. Mama didn't come rescue Jerry, let's just say that. It was just, I was on my own. I had three girls on top of me on a cushion and, and they, was, they was pretty rough on me. But anyway, so I figured I'll have fun with this and I'll act like I'm passed out. So I did. So I went limp and I got real quiet. <laughs> anyway, and, and it worked. The, the girls stopped and they got to poking at me and they pulled the cushion off and shook me and stuff. And I don't know if it was Robin. I think it was. But one of them went ballistic and went screaming in the kitchen. Where well, here comes Eleanor Daniels out of the kitchen. <clears throat> and I, I was thinking to myself, well, hell, I, I fooled them. Let me see how far I can carry this. So anyway, for lack of better words, I played dead. Played possum, as we say. So I played possum. And mama got to, you know, shaking me and whatnot. <clears throat> and then mama just went ballistic. And she snatched me up and she run down the hall because the phone was located at like this little desk uh, 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 enclave-looking thing, enclosed little space in the wall, and that's where the phone was. So Mama was holding me. She's crying and screaming, and she's calling somebody. I don't know if we had 911 back then. I don't don't know. But she's calling somebody, and she gets somebody on the phone. I think she called the store. And once I realized that, uh uh-oh, there, this this has gone far enough. Now i got to figure out my, what my exit strategy was. So at my bright age of probably six years old, I just opened my eyes and looked at Mama I said, what's wrong, Mama? <laughs> All I can tell you is, is if you've never been on the receiving end of an old nineteen sixty style handset on a telephone, getting your ass whooped, getting hit in the head, and and I, I, it didn't break the phone. It should have, but uh, it was brutal. Eleanor Daniels beat me in the head with that phone receiver, and that was worse than what Robin and them other two girls was uh, in, impacting on me with them cushions. So, uh, anyway, that was that was one of the things I did. And I'm, I'm going to keep this one short. I think I'm doing them too long. And y'all can comment. You can say, hey, Jerry, you talk too dang much, or something to that effect. <clears throat> And then there was another time that these are going to be just two. It's going to be two short stories, if you will. But there was another time, and this was in the the house on Edgewood Drive. So I had some age on me. I was at least 12. And I think it was was in the first year that we had lived there. And Robin had some girlfriends over spending the night. Excuse me, I had to take a sip of coffee. But Robin had some girlfriends over spending the night. And, um... Anyway, here's what I did. I took the liberty of taking one of my great old fashioned uh Sears and Robot walkie talkies. And I I, you know, had the antenna up just a little bit and I had the volume and the squelch on it turned in such a way that it wouldn't make no uh you know sound, <clears throat> but it would receive, you know, so I had the volume up high enough, but the squelch was up so it wouldn't do it would only receive just me, basically, in the other room. And I waited till everything got quiet and everybody went to bed. <laughs> Shit! And I didn't go to sleep purposely. I didn't go to sleep and I waited and the house was quiet. It was dark. And that damn walkie talkie was under Robin's bed. And I, all I did was turn my walkie talkie on. I keyed the mic and I made some groaning, you know, sound. that didn't make no sense. Like, oh, something like that. And brother, all hell broke loose in Robin's bedroom. And I, I mean, it was like bloody screaming murder. <clears throat> I turned my walkie-talkie off real real quick, and I laid there. Of course, my light was off, and I seen the light come on in the hall under my door. And I heard footsteps. I heard Mama. I heard Mama and them three girls in there getting at it. And it, and it subsided. And I couldn't tell you what they said, but it was a bunch of mumbling and stuff like that and whatnot. Mama didn't come in my room. She didn't come in my room. Anyway, I, that all settled down, and it was gone within five minutes, and all the lights went back off, and I, I figure I'd give it enough time to let folks settle down and feel comfortable. <laughs> and I did it again. And I, keyed, I, I, turned, my, I turned my walkie-talkie on, and I keyed the mic. And oh. <laughs> oh, man. Them girls went to screaming. Click, the light goes back on. I hear Eleanor Daniels come down the hall again, and she's in there again, and they're getting at it. And I let it go again. And I let it go again. I thought, all right, this is this I'm now I'm having fun. I am having fun. Capital F-U-N. I'm talking this is like uh this is like shooting freaking bullfrogs with BB guns fun. Anyway, <clears throat> so it all subsided and then I I let the I let it all calm down and the light went off and I didn't hear nothing no more. It was all quiet. <laughs> I turned my I turned my my uh, walkie-talkie back on and I keyed the mic and I said oh, by that time <laughs> the light flipped on in the hall and my door flew open and Elder and Daniels is standing there with a cigarette just staring at me and I thought oh hell this one's not going to go well either and it didn't and it didn't I think she was too tired to whoop up on me but, and, and, and mama had this look, mama had this look and anybody that knows Ellen Daniels knows. And if you've ever been on that, receiving end of this look, but it was, it was a skunk eye and, and mama didn't have to do much. She just gave me that skunk eye. And that was, that was like a, a laser, you know, it just it shot right through me. Needless to say, uh, I turned it off and I went to bed and it all went away, but it was funny as hell. You'd had to been there. I mean, you'd have had to been there. It was freaking hilarious. So uh, anyway, I'll, I'll name this one and title it later. I don't. I don't know. I just. I. I do. I do wish I would have said. I'm sorry to mom and daddy more than what I did. I did say it, especially after mama. After, once daddy died and mama got older and, and and her age and whatnot, and and I. I, uh, I, I apologized, mom. I said, mom, I said, I owe you a whole lot of sorry. She goes, no, you don't. Mama's being sweet. She goes, no, you don't. I said, yeah, I do, mom. I said, I, I need to. Tell you I'm sorry a lot. She said, no, no, don't, don't, don't do that to yourself. And I said, well, I'm not doing it to me, but I just want to let you know that I do regret being a nightmare on many occasions. And I did some stuff that wasn't kind. So, you know, I, I did, I put that to rest. I made sure I apologized to mama, but i hey, I tell you what I am glad of. I'm glad my damn youngest never did this kind of crap. Uh, and, and mama used to say, I hope your children grow up to be just like you. Well, they didn't thank the Lord. <laughs> And I do mean, I thank thee, Lord, my youngest did not grow up to be like me. Uh, the fact that I'm alive, and I mean this sincerely, sincerely <clears throat> the fact that I'm alive, not in prison, uh, is, is a miracle. It is. God is great. Uh, why, why, why God gave me favor and protected me under so many circumstances is uh, is humbling, and it's beyond me. Because uh, I know that what the what the scripture says about our deserving His grace, uh, and I look back in retrospect, and you know I was young, but I I really hadn't done a whole lot to deserve His grace back then. I, I, and maybe He saw something that I, that I that I either I didn't see or I don't see. I don't know. Anyway, I survived. That's all I'll say. So that's it. I'm not going. I'm not gonna, I'm going to keep this one less than 15 minutes long. I said on my last episode. I said, uh, I, I said, I said, I wanted to, you know, quote my great friend, and I used to say, from Easley, South Carolina, but and, which I drove through Easley, South Carolina yesterday, but I, I was wrong. I was wrong the whole daggum time. My good buddy Brett Owen, he's from he's from Easley, South Carolina, but m- the great American Mike Coker, uh, a retired Navy warrant officer, fellow aviation ordnanceman, he is from uh, Elgin, South Carolina. And uh, Mike was a mentor to me, especially when I got into the combat air crew program. But Mike, uh, he, he was always funny. and We carpooled together when we worked at, uh, at the building right next to the Pentagon. And, and 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 Mike was a detailer and I was a manpower analyst. So Mike just worked in the same building every day. I worked in the same building a lot of days, but a lot of days I had to go to the Pentagon and work, go down to the resource sponsors and, and whatnot. And I was basically a broker. But anyway, that's, that's neither here or there. But Mike Coker would always say, when we would we, carpool together, me, Mike, and a couple other old fellas named uh, Aaron, Aaron Stacy, and uh, Ken Borchick. And that was, that was a good time in my life. And I, I'll do another story on that. But uh, whenever I'd get out of the car, and if Mike was driving that week, or if Mike got out of the car or the truck, whoever was driving that week, we rotated. Mike would always get out, and he'd look at us, and he'd say, Bicycle. And I just, I don't know why that, that stuck with me, but it, it, was, it was pretty cool. I said it again yesterday many times. So that's it. I'm going to wrap it up. This is old JD. And then that, that was the stories there of me growing up and kind of trying to be funny and it didn't work out very well for me. And that was to hear me tell it. So God bless y'all. And, and America is great. We're going, we're going to keep the country great. And uh, God is awesome. We, uh, we, we are privileged to live in this country and we are blessed to have a loving God that holds us accountable and loves us. And uh, that's it. So that's signing off. Till then, bye. Sickle.